Good evening, and welcome to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noel Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, and including ones that ran only one episode. But this is a month of specials. With me, as always, is Noah Houlihan. Chicago, Chicago, and whatever. So, today we will be discussing the 1986 special, The Mystery of Al Capone's Vault, starring Geraldo Rivera. Yeah, good old Geraldo. If there's anyone listening that doesn't know what happens in this special, strap in. Because this is a better way to find out than watching. Yes, the special was two hours long. Yes. The way it was packaged is an hour of it was live. An hour of it was documentary. Now, these two were intercut. Yeah, it's not like you watched a pre-taped thing and it's like, now we're live. They just went back and forth from the live stuff to the pre-taped stuff. We're probably going to dissect the pre-taped stuff first. Okay. And then the live stuff. I guess that's how we'll do it. I don't know how we're going to handle this one. I don't have a ton of notes on the pre-taped stuff. It's a weird one. The central conceit is yes. that a nonprofit organization that was renovating a Chicago building was trying to found some things in the Chicago building that were weird. Just like some underground tunnels and vaults. Yeah, some mysterious steps. And Chicago is very famous for Al Capone. Right, the gangster. So there was some thought that perhaps Al Capone was connected to it as it was an escape route or, you know, a booze smuggling route or Mm -hmm. a way to escape a brothel in case of a police raid. So these tunnels and vaults were immediately connected to the very famous Chicago crime world in the 20s. So, they were trying to find some uh, programming. And this was in the 1980s. Um, We're going to get into a little bit of the history on why Mm -hmm. this kind of show would sell at the time. And the whole point of it is, they're trying to find out what is in this vault. Yeah, they find a vault. It's like, and it's not, don't, like, when I hear vault, I think that there's like a big door you think of it like a bank vault like a a big giant like spooky or like like yeah with the big spooky turn thing that looks like you're captaining a pirate ship yeah yeah i expected that or just like maybe a big wood slidey thing but it's like a big cement wall and they're gonna tear it down they're gonna find out what's in there right so that's the conceit is live on the air They will open it and discover what is inside Al Capone's vault. And to intercut this, because not everything in this two hours would be super interesting to watch, is kind of a documentary on Chicago and Al Capone. Yes, why Al Capone is interesting. Yes. Now, I want to kind of start here. Okay. Because I I was thinking about this. Al Capone was a gangster in the late 20s. Yes. Early 30s. Yes. Okay? Okay. This is done in 86. 1986, yes. 
So this would be like if today a special aired about something that happened in what, like the 50s? Um, yeah. I have no connection to the 50s. 80s, like, I have a strong connection to because I was alive a little bit in it. But, like, 70s is like, oh, disco, yay. 60s, hippies, okay. 50s, I have nothing to say. Like, I have no interest in the 50s. And I'm just wondering if it's, like, that's the moment where, like, your your brain's just like, well, that's forever ago. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to think of a figure in the 1950s that you could kind of draw a comparison to. It'd be like if maybe there was something under JFK's house, the wherever he lived before the White House. And like, yeah. we're going to unearth this thing that belonged to like JFK or Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, I guess I would be interested in that. You know, the unread letters of Marilyn Monroe. We're going to dig up Marilyn Monroe. I'll be like, oh, goodness. All right, well, I went in the like... Her stuff, not exhuming her body, uh, but like I, Al Capone is a figure with a lot of mythos around him. Yes, like you're not gonna go, you know. Look, we found a '50s diner. Right. Okay. Okay. So I think you'd have to have a, a human being with a similar mythos to them. All right, that makes sense. I can't super think of one that wouldn't be more identified with the '60s. Yeah, because I keep thinking of. Well, JFK and Marilyn Monroe both died, I believe, in the early 60s. Yeah, that makes sense. So we open on Geraldo yelling at us. Yes, they hadn't figured out the sound yet, clearly. Well, I guess it's windy in Chicago. I'm Geraldo Rivera, and you're about to witness a live television event. A massive concrete vault has been discovered. Some think it belonged to none other than the notorious Al Capone. Well, tonight... For the first time, that vault is going to be open live. We couldn't get a microphone closer. Tonight, we're going to find out what is inside this vault. Join me tonight. And then this, like, really stupid song plays. Like, the really stupid, like, gumshoe theme they have. And the, uh, the logo? Gentle listeners, you could make this logo. It looks like Schoolhouse Rock. It looks like public access. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it does not look expensive. It does not look good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty lame looking. It's like very orange and pinkish. It's, it's dumb. It looks like word art. So, he takes us down these steps and he's just trying to show us, like, all the cool stuff they've already found. Yeah. They're like, we found out that it, down here, it's just, this is where they used to, you know, bootleg stuff. And like the big clues about this vault that no one has opened is they've done some sort of sonic testing mm-hmm. that showed that there is a hollow space on the other side of this wall. Yeah, they did sonar. They, they compared it to what they would use on a pregnant woman. Yes. And there is electric cables being run into this room. Mm-hmm. So, that, to me, though, says this isn't a vault. Because you don't need, like, electricity in a vault. Unless it's just, like, the light bulb you turn on. That was actually one of their big arguments for why it was something important. 
was having electricity down there. Yeah, that was their big argument. But, like, my idea is this isn't a vault then. Like, mm-hmm. this is a room with purpose instead of a room to store things. Yeah, and they said they noticed marble tile, which was, like, a big tell to them. Like, oh, there's marble tile. You wouldn't just put this in the middle of nowhere. Hmm, interesting, interesting. So they're going to tear this down. It's going to they've it's going to take some time, but they're going to tear it down. And they're going to see what's in the vault. In the meantime, we're going to learn a little bit about Al Capone. We're going to interview some people. Yes. And uh, do some other things. And that will all be coming up next here on Al, the secret of Al Capone's vaults. Mystery of Al Capone's vault. Or whatever it was. So Geraldo is like building the suspense. Now, I'm not sure if you felt this way, but my thought was, this is going to be two hours of waiting for him to open that door. Yeah. I was shocked when they were opening the door at minute 13. Yeah, I was surprised that they were getting as far as they did as quickly as they did. Kind of was curious. I was like, oh, the wall came down 13 minutes in. I guess we're done. But then there was clearly still a lot to do. Yes, so when the wall comes down... But I think they were expecting... They had a coroner on site. They had a historian on site. Mm -hmm. I think when that wall came down, they were expecting to spend more time going through stuff. I kind of realized it's like, oh, they are prepared to spend two hours filming the stuff they find. Yes. In the event that that doesn't happen, they do have some other things to show. So I was like, oh, okay, they're prepared for the worst. Yeah. So, 13 minutes in, this wall goes down in a way that's like, this is clearly not a door. And crashes into the floor, and it's full of dirt. Yeah, and more wall. It's, well, at this point, all we see is dirt. Yeah. Dirt, and Geraldo's like, look, a bottle. Yes. Found it. It's a bottle. And he gives that to someone who's like, we And he's like, we were prepared for this, that, that this may happen. So they're trying to, like, jackhammer in the other side of it. Yes. And they're going to dig out this, this area. That's the plan for now. Yes. Now we're going to go look at some of this pre-tape stuff. Well, uh, do you want to know what the bottle was? I'd love to know what that bottle was. Uh, Tim Samuelson, who is a cultural historian for the city of Chicago and was on site, uh, analyzed the bottle because Geraldo was hype to give him this bottle. And he was like, so uh, this is a cheap liquor bottle that some construction worker probably drank with their lunch. Cool. So it was not anything super cool. Um Tim Samuelson, I was reading, uh, Mental Floss did a very good oral history. Yeah. And Tim Samuelson has a, a lot to say on it. He was on site mm-hmm. and he's a historian. Okay. Which means that like this is kind of his jam. Right. Okay. Because I did have the thought of like where he finds it. Yeah. I was like, it kind of looks like someone threw their garbage in that tiny hole there. I was like, oh, I'm done with this bottle. Yep, that's what someone did. So uh, I'm glad that that is confirmed. Yes. So, But they took this, like, super seriously. Like, they lowered a baby bulldozer. Yeah, and they really pushed, like, we brought a bulldozer. Yeah, they had to take the wheels off to even get it down there. Yeah, they were so proud of themselves when it came to this bulldozer. So 
the rest of this special is going to be spent, you know, going through that dirt. So we're, we're going to cut away to some things. One thing we cut away to is Geraldo firing a Tommy gun. Yes. And it was very clear, one, that Geraldo knew how to use guns. Yeah. Because there was like, he was very procedural with it where he was like... Any special instructions? Just lean into it. Okay. Safety's coming off. Safety's off. Weapons hot. Downrange, ready. And then he would shoot stuff with a Tommy gun. Mm Mm-hmm. And while it, like, that's cool, what they show is, like, look, it it destroys bottles. It's like, well, it's a, yeah. That's what bullets do. Yeah. <laughs> like, I maybe I'm just uh, spoiled by, like, the Mythbusters, but, like, where's my skin-like-silicone buster dummy to show how it actually, like, rips through you instead of being, like... When something moving fast hits glass, it breaks. I'm sure the budget for an average episode of Mythbusters was a little higher than the budget of the Mystery of Al Capone's Vault. Yeah. I also don't see, like, the value in this. I don't see the value of this is the gun he used. I mean, it's filler. Right. I I mean, I'm not... I know it's filler, but, like... If what you're trying to tell is like, this is the legacy of this man you should care about. The gun he preferred is not an interesting way to go about it. I think the documentary just was secondary. I think like it was intended to be filler and they didn't really think they were going to have to air. Again, I'm not saying it's not that. I'm just saying that if you're trying to give the history of a person, talking about an object he owned is dumb. I mean, with the gangster mythos, like, what do you think of when you think of the 20s gangsters? You think of Tommy guns. They're using iconography that people would recognize. Right. But, like, why not compare it to another gun to show me why it's special? Like, they do nothing to show me why this gun is special, other than Geraldo's getting to play with it. Uh, The probable answer is that they probably could not afford another... They probably could not afford like a semi-automatic or Yeah, let's let's talk about the cheapness of this. So, no, what network do you think this aired on? Uh I believe that this aired on I believe it aired on network television. I think it was like no, maybe it might be too early for Fox. Um I don't know, NBC syndication. Really? And this was just before Fox. Okay. That's Fox what I would actually come into being. Well, this was a uh, Fox. This was like just before Fox came into being. Fox picked up a lot of what was then syndicated. Right. Uh, this was a nine hundred thousand dollar production. Okay. Of which fifty thousand was Geraldo's. Okay. Like it was his fee, not oh. that he put his own money into it, but that he. Um, he had just been very publicly fired from ABC. Okay. So he wanted, like, this was his new chance. Well, he was, like, a Jerry Springer before, right? No. He got hit by a chair and broke his nose, right? That was later. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Geraldo's talk show. We're, we're going a little out of order, folks. But Geraldo's talk show came from this. 
Uh, what? N- I, nothing good came from this. This show was insanely successful in the ratings. Oh my god, really? Yes, this show did incredible in the ratings. Mm-hmm. They got... Uh, when they were selling the show, uh, they were... The advertisers were all over it. It was $100,000 per ad spot. Wow. And they sold t- all 24 of them. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, and like... They, 35% of all people who were watching TV that night were watching Geraldo. All right. So, like, this show did incredible in the ratings, spawned a couple more of this type of special mm-hmm. from him. I don't think it ever did a live special again. Okay. So And then also, his talk, the, he worked with the same production company for those specials, and then later his talk show, which is what you're thinking of. Okay. Because, like... What they present here is so terrible. Because they're trying to tell you about Al Capone. And, like, they do talk to some people who, like, knew him or lived or was affected by him. Mm -hmm. And then they show some pictures. But, like, if we were to do this today, we would hire someone to play Al Capone. And we would reenact shit. Yeah. So there was something visual to look at and enjoy yeah you would do the dramatic reenactment like of anything well because they used a movie clip at one point of an older al Al capone based movie not only that but like we spent time interviewing the actor who played him like what was your method and i was like this is not what we're here to learn about like i don't care about the actor who played the guys whose vault were opening yeah, I believe it was uh, Rod Steger who played him in the movie Al Capone. Yeah, if I wanted to learn about Elvis, I wouldn't interview the Honky Tonk Man. I might. No, it's stupid. Just with that specific example, I might. Cause it's really weird. Capone's family was kind of mad at the production. Okay. Because Capone's family didn't want them to do it live and they wanted to be let into the vault first. Yeah, and I understand why you don't do that. Because if it was, like, personal effects of their family member. They didn't want it to be done live. They wanted to... So, since you're bringing that up now, mm-hmm. let's, have this, let's have this discussion. Why do you think this was done live? So, this was uh, in peak stunt television. Okay. So, we have a few factors in play right now. You have the rise of cable TV... Right. So there's starting to be more competition in television. There's starting to be a little bit... You're not just watching ABC, NBC, CBS. There's suddenly, like, HBO has come into being. And cable is starting out. I mean, a lot of people don't have cable at this point. This is 1986. But this is prime... uh, this is like prime. They needed to find a way to get you to be watching TV. Okay. They needed you to want to do this. They yeah, needed you make appointment television. Yes. They were starting to be afraid that there was no longer going to be anything to like they were afraid that network television was going to become irrelevant. 
Okay, gotcha. And you could didn't have the same three shows that everybody was watching anymore. Right. The way like in a everybody lot of... watched the honeymooners. So in the you know mid to late nineteen eighties, uh, cable is starting to come into being, and there's starting to be more networks and more competition, and pe- people aren't just watching NBC, ABC, and CBS anymore. Right. They're starting to. Watch like your HBOs and uh, HBO is the first one of the first networks I can think of. MTV is coming to being at this point, right? So they're really starting to have competition for the first time. Okay. So network television started to try to find ways to draw in viewers. So this is when you're having live stunts. The talk shows got very like started to devolve into these like trashy uh, Jerry Springer style talk shows. Like Geraldo would later do. Right. Um, and like, they wanted you to make appointment TV. This is before DVR. This is before you could look up what happened on the internet. If there had turned out to be corpses or Jules now Capone's vault and you weren't watching, well. Right. There's no reruns really at this time. There are, but not. It's not easy. It's right. not like you can watch it on demand. It's not like there's heavy... It's not like there's whole networks that are just airing reruns the way right. there are now where you can turn on TBS and be like, it's probably Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Because I also had the thought, like, based on how this looked, if I was there and you were like, what's in that vault? My thought would be, that's not a vault, that's a tomb. So okay. I would totally think... There's going to be bodies. And if you find bodies, they're not going to let you air it if you filmed it and tried to show it to them later. That's true. But if you found it live... So I definitely had that feeling of like, we want to accidentally show bodies. And, I mean, to be fair, they'd be 60 years decomposed, so it wouldn't be gory. Yeah, it would be be like Greg. It'd be like skeletons. Yeah, they'd be badly decomposed. They did have a coroner on site. Yeah. Uh, they had someone, like, ready to go if they found bodies or they found anything that could have been part of a body. Right. Like, if they'd found bones or what have you. Uh, they had someone on site ready to go. Okay, that makes sense. And... Uh, what's cool is, like, this has almost like a... I would love to see a horror movie based around the production of this. It's funny you say that. This reminds me of... Uh, the WKRP Halloween special. Okay. Just the way it looks. Uh, that is a movie, which I believe you can see for free on Amazon Prime, where the whole bit is you're watching them investigate a haunted house live. Yes. It's Halloween, okay. and they're just like, let's go and see what's happening here. Because there's a scene that looks exactly like a scene from Geraldo, and that's where they go to the bar. There's a moment where they go live to a bar and there's people in costumes and this guy's going. Obviously, the big question on everybody's mind is what is in the vault? It's a question we put to people all over the country. And here are some samples of their opinions. Now watch. I don't think they'll find anything but bones down there. Probably paraphernalia from the... uh... Prohibition. They're going to find a lot of jury. I do think there's money there. No, I don't think they'll find any money in there. We will find something in there of some significance. There may be uh, a body or two or some evidence of something. 
probably it'll be an empty vault. Their vault allows to tell a lot of stories. All right, those are some sample opinions from people not only here in Chicago, but all across the country. I thought very quickly we'd take a random survey here. You're dressed a la the Capone era, the 20... What do you think's in the bowl? Gosh, I don't know. Time will tell. Take a guess. Gosh, I don't know. How about you, sir? Well, I probably think there's bones in there. You think bones? I think there's yes, bones in there. Yes, sir, what do you think? Cash, definitely. Cash, cash, cash. What do you think? Tickets to Hawaii. Tickets to Hawaii. All right. A sample of opinion of what people think. One more. How about you, sir? What do you think? Prohibition era stuff. Prohibition. And you, sir? Oh, I'd say a little cash. I haven't heard anybody say an awful lot of money. I think a lot of money. It's like three other people said that. What do you mean no one else has said that? You, <laughs> like, it was so clear this dude didn't want to be there, was sick of everyone being drunk and having fun around him, and just wanted to be done. Could you imagine being at, like... Imagine you are at a party for a cool live event, but you are working and you cannot drink, you yeah. cannot party, you cannot hit on women dressed like flappers. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'd be pretty grumpy too. Well, they do pretty much that exact scene in the WKRP Halloween special where yeah. right before they go in, there's a bunch of people in costume and he's just like, what do you think's in the haunted house? Yeah, that's great. What do you think is good we're going to find? Oh, yeah, that's great. Like, to the point where I almost think it might be a reference. I think it really could be. Um, because the uh, WNUF holiday WNUF, special. WNUF, that's right. It's the... WKRP is a uh, TV in show. In Cincinnati. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to see if they listed it as, like, a reference. They actually said this is a love letter to pub like WNUF is a love letter to public access TV. Mm -hmm. So I think they watched a lot of these type of specials. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm sure they watched this particular one. Yeah, because it's when it's so infamous. Yes. So the only other part of the the pre-taped that I really want to talk about is there's one moment because let me tell you, I was bored the whole time. Oh yeah, I my notes on this are actually very slim. Like. It's just, they're dragging on and on. They're not presenting the information in an interesting way. It's uh, not a good documentary. No, not at all. Like, I kind of wish that they had said things that, they kind of should have been looking into things that could be in the vault. Yeah. Like, they should have spent time like, this is the money he probably stole. This is how much we found. Or, these are the people that have gone missing that have ties to Al Capone. Things like that would be good. You know, he was, because he eventually went to jail on tax evasion. Evasion. Yes. Yeah, that'll get you. That's actually what he did end up jailed for in the end. End up being what they could actually pin on him. Right. And you could say, like, that's uh, it's a major point that the IRS has an $800,000 lien on Al Capone. So if they'd found anything in the vault valued at $800,000 or more, uh, the IRS got first dibs. Interesting. Which might have been why Capone's family wanted in there so bad. Yeah. Pocket some stuff, maybe. That makes sense. Uh, there is just one other moment, though, that stands out. Is Geraldo, in a, a rare moment where he's got me interested, mm -hmm. is talks about this gangster that gets killed. Yes. And, or, or they try to kill. He's like... They fired a salvo of bullets at Johnny Torrio, hitting him three times. Once in the jaw, once in the chest, another time in the groin. Mm -hmm. Which is immediately hilarious. I mean, I know it's a real person, but it's like, you got shot in the groin. 
Uh, I don't think you'd find it funny if you got shot in the groin. No, nah, probably not. Nah. But, like, there's no good way to say that that doesn't make people go, Meh. Like, like, that area is just a silly area. I mean, I guess you could try to have said, like, the hip or the thigh. Yeah, like, I would have lied. The lower the abdomen. Waist. <laughs> lower yeah, abdomen. Lower abdomen. But he says groin. Like, the fact that he doesn't say lower abdomen, thigh, or uh, hip means he got shot square in the dick. Yeah. And then he's like, he, uh, Johnny the Angel, or whatever the guy's name was, puts a pistol to his head, pulls the trigger, mm-hmm. and the gun doesn't go off. Right. Somehow, this guy survives this attack. Yes. And to learn more about him, what we need to... And then it cuts away in the... Like, it interrupts it. Like, it looks like a mistake. It looks like what's about to happen is, we gotta go live now, we found something. Yes. That's the feeling I get. And uh, all it is is Geraldo going, turn the jackhammer off, turn the jackhammer, just turn it off. All right, so we're here. We're still looking. Uh, things are going. And this guy with the jackhammer is like, I need to get back to work. Yeah. So he turns it back on and Geraldo's like, we got to move farther away with the camera. Come on. All right. It's still loud. Let's move. <laughs> Let's move to the back. Come on, guys. We still haven't found anything. Like, they interrupt for no reason. Okay. It's just, it's so jarring when that happens. Because it made it feel like, oh, we're cutting in live because important. And it was the least important thing ever. Instead, it was just him bothering his crew who needed to get more work done. Scarface now controls a criminal empire worth tens of millions of dollars. He was just 26 years old. Cicero had become a rich boss. All right, we're going to take that thing down. We sort of half expected it to be there. We're going to take it down. Don't worry about it. Uh, okay, go to work, guys. All right, now, Al, Al Capone's success. Excuse me. Al Capone's success. In, let's back up. There won't be able to Al Capone's success in... I mean, that's the thing with live TV. Somebody hit a button wrong. Like, I'm sure somebody was supposed to, like, go to a commercial or go... Like, I think it was just let the video continue because the video was still, like, in mid-sentence. Yeah, but, like, sometimes if you have, like, a PA who, you know, is like, okay, ready, go. But, like, somebody hits the button on ready. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to be a lightboard op. Right. In another life. Uh, when I used to work at a theater in college. And one time during a show, I brought the lights up early after the act one blackout. And left two actors on the stage under a sheet for the entirety of intermission. Oh, nice. That's a good one. Yeah, fortunately, it was not the student theater group I worked with, like, on my own time. Mm -hmm. So these were people I was never going to see again. Nice. So, I have some sympathy for the poor production assistant who probably screwed this up. Mm. They were probably also 19 and not paid very well. See, the only reason I think it's not a mistake is Geraldo's there and ready. Yeah, that's so, true. Well, I think maybe they were supposed to throw it to him in a couple, like... Maybe. Maybe, maybe the, there was a producer going like, you know, live in 30. He would be and, standing there ready to yeah, go. Yeah, and they hit the button. Maybe, maybe. So, other than that, do you have anything to add before we get into what's in the vault? 
So Geraldo genuinely thinks there's money in bodies in there. Geraldo is like I would imagine, all aboard the hype train. I would imagine because I don't think you would do it if you didn't think that. And um, yeah, I think that's uh, all we're gonna say before the reveal. Okay. So oh, they didn't get permission to blow up the dynamite that they use. Oh, they do use dynamite. They didn't get permission until four o'clock for a seven o'clock broadcast. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was super interesting. Of like, they were there was a ton of concerns by the city of Chicago of like they were afraid that they were going to accidentally kill people on the street. Yeah, they were afraid of the building collapsing. Yeah, so like they were really scared of this production interesting yeah of course they don't want to blow up the vault so they're not gonna go insane with the dynamite but i did forget that they did use dynamite and they're they're super careful in it like they say like all right dynamite's gone off nobody touch it if you see any still because it's live it's like oh geez well i imagine the you know construction and demolitionists are good at their jobs know what they're doing yeah, exactly. Uh, so, let's get into it. We're at the end of the special. What's in the box? What's, What's the box? It? And it, Geraldo comes out and says... It's eight minutes to uh, the end of the special at this point. Eight minutes. And he goes, okay, I think we have to call it We've Found Another Wall. And, like, it's still filled with dirt. Yeah. At this point. But, like... They've dug and dug and they've just found, like, the back wall of it. And they're just like, well, that's it. Get get a shot of my team. We worked really hard. Um, so, um, what can I say? I'm sorry. I would thank my buddies here for doing the job. Uh, thank you for watching. I promised all the critics that if we didn't find anything, I'd sing a song. So, uh, uh, Chicago, Chicago, that Holland town. All right, I'm going. I'll see you. And then he's out. Then he slinks away. Which, like, you promised us something big. Yeah. And you failed. Yes. And then you promised us a song, and you don't even come through. Like I told you, Geraldo had been fired from ABC, where he'd been, like, a serious journalist. I know, like, being born in the late 80s, we think of Geraldo in the context of his talk show. Right. But he was, like, a serious journalist who was fired over a scandal about he wanted something aired that they did not want to air. Uh, ABC refused to air a report done on uh, Monroe and Kennedy. Okay. And then Geraldo really pushed for a... the story to air because he thought that it was like a journalistically in you know important story yeah important and like that the journalism was good right and then it got Geraldo fired huh did it air I don't see that it aired okay um but Rivera said also that like the official reason for the firing was that he donated money to a mayor candidate at some point and it like violated the rules okay all right but he was fired as essentially political revenge interesting he didn't play ball with uh an abc higher up okay okay so he knew all eyes were going to be on him about this this was his shot yeah 
And for this to be very publicly embarrassing, he probably figured his career was over. Yeah. Uh, By all accounts, he and the crew got horrendously drunk. I'd imagine. Um, Because here's the thing. I had... This is an infamous, infamous TV special. Yes. And, like, I feel like a lot of people would know this from watching I Love the 80s and stuff like that. But when I first found out about this, I was like, this is hilarious. He opened it up and it was empty. And I was always under the impression that it was a vault. He threw the door open and it was empty space. Like, that is always what I believe. You pictured that big old vault with the captain's wheel in front. And then he got yeah. it open and like, hurry, oh, nothing. Nothing at all. L- but like, that, we don't even get that. Nope. We don't even get the humiliating, this is an empty space. It's, ah, it's full of dirt. And when they're done, it's still full of dirt. So th- like, even knowing what happens in this special, I was left with this feeling of, well, what's in the rest of the dirt? Well, and if it's nothing, why was this room there? And what's on the other side of that wall that they found? They're like, ah, oh, we found another wall. I was like, well, keep going. That's why we're here. Uh, well, one of the issues was this wall, this other wall that they found, you said. Yes. Uh, had a water main on the other side of it. Okay. If they had broken that water main, everyone in the production would have been killed. By the mayor? By the water Oh, it was like that major of a water main? Yes, it would have flooded. Like instantly? Close to instantly. Damn. Yeah, uh, the cultural historian, Tim Samuelson, said like there was a water main on the other side of that and uh, several people would have easily been killed instantly. A water main that could flood that quickly, the water pressure probably would have killed a few people. Yeah. Good thing they weren't like setting off dynamite near it or anything. Who? They were very careful. But was there anything else, like, in the dirt? Uh, not that they found. Uh, Tim Samuelson went on the record as saying that he had told them that it was just a sidewalk vault and there was nothing in it. Oh, really? But Geraldo, like, really believed in it. Um, so, Samuelson has this anecdote that I thought was super fun. I'm gonna actually just read a quote. Sure. They actually brought in Irene Hughes, who at the time was the biggest psychic in America next to Jean Dixon. She was going to try to pick up the spirit of Capone in the building. We go to the basement. She walks toward the middle of the wall and says, Capone is behind it in a garden under glass, laughing, laughing, laughing. (laughs) Now, I had researched the hell out of that building. I told her there had been nothing there but a yard. Fifteen years later, the city found some old real estate atlases. What was in the middle of the Lexington? Honest to God... A greenhouse. Wow. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that that psychic was a really good historian. Oh, I, I kind of took it as uh, Capone is in a garden laughing, laughing, laughing. Was That was the ghost of Capone going, there's nothing in there, you idiots. This is going to be hilarious. Maybe that's why he was laughing. <laughs> but he was in a greenhouse. Um... So the the uh, the ratings were fantastic, right? And uh, but the reviews were terrible. I'd imagine a lot of people also felt um, Geraldo was really insensitive. 
he was so cheerful and cavalier about a lot of the uh the mob killings and yeah i definitely get that feeling from him and it had only been 60 years prior so to like put it into perspective this would have been like you know if somebody was really like cavalier about world war ii atrocities in like the mid 2000s yeah i mean like well right now a very popular uh medium of podcast is true crime yes so like if you listen to my favorite murder or something like that they will just like casually talk about john benet ramsey yeah and make jokes about it like not so much like at the expense of the people involved but they will make jokes while talking about these horrific things. And, you know, that's basically what's happening with Geraldo because he doesn't see these people as people. He sees the mafia as a, an interesting hobby. like an Because inter- they also talk to that dude who has, like, the Al Capone collection. Mm-hmm. He's just like, yeah, I, I collect his stuff. It's my hobby. It's like, that's weird. Well, I think John Bonet Ramsey is actually a really good comparison because it's someone who was... Uh, covered by the media so much they stopped being a real living person. Yeah. They're a symbol of something. JonBenet Ramsey became a symbol of this dark underbelly of child pageants. Yeah. Just like Capone became a symbol of the mob and gangster lifestyle. And Capone was fairly well liked in Chicago. Yeah. Um, Like by just the Chicago citizens. It reminds me of uh, how in the film Gotti... Yeah, I've been thinking about Gotti a lot. (laughs) How they depict people who lived in the neighborhoods Gotti lived in as liking him a lot. Yeah. Because he did good things for the neighborhood. Yeah, like how, you know, the common man liked him. Right. I mean, killed like he kills all these other people, but like, if you're just, you know, Jack who lives in Chicago... Al Capone was not killing you. You were buying Al Capone's bootlegged alcohol. You were a customer. Al Capone was probably very nice to you. Very true. You were a customer. You were giving him money. You were not causing him any problems at all. Um, And that's similar to how Gotti treated the residents of his neighborhood. Of like, yeah. if you were Jack who lived in Gotti's neighborhood, he probably liked you. Mm-hmm. Said hi to you on the street. So, in the end, uh, there's nothing, and this is, do you have anything, like, it's weird, we're in this situation right now, where I knew going in that there's nothing in the vault. Right. I still kind of left thinking, like, well, what about all that dirt? Did anything happen? And now I'm, like, kind of looking to you as the research department here, like, but did you find anything? (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of super interesting... Like, the history of how this show came to be is interesting. This is a show that kind of operated outside of the network system. Right. Uh, the show was sold in syndication, which was super interesting. They had to go to each, like, individual market to sell it, essentially. Gotcha. Hmm. And it ultimately relaunched this weird second life for Geraldo as kind of being, like, a sensationalist. He did a few more of these, like, these specials. Never another live one. Right. That's why this counts as a doomed show. Yeah. He he never did another live stunt, but he did, like, expose-style specials and ultimately his talk show. Right. 
And uh, the phrase Al Capone's vault entered the public vernacular. Really? Yeah, it was the precursor to what you would now call a nothing burger. Oh, gotcha. Of something that's very, very hyped up and then there's just nothing to it. Gotcha. Well, in the end, <laughs> he, he did nothing. He found nothing. So where do you fall? So uh, I want to say that this should stay doomed. It looks, the way the interviews look, it looks very much like a movie your teacher put on because they have a hangover. (laughs) Where it's just like, yeah, kids, it's movies day. We're going to look about these transcendentalists. And then it's just like boring, mind-numbing interviews. That's what this felt like for most of it. (laughs) So it's definitely a stay doomed. And Geraldo, you owe me a song. Uh, I'm going to also say it's a stay doomed. uh, Because I think you could do this style of documentary really well. I don't think you could intercut live footage. But I think you could do the documentary slash like current day. True, true. But I don't think they did it well. But this is a stay doomed. I don't think Geraldo could do it again. I mean, I'm trying to think of other, like, live specials. Because, like, there's a few things that fit, like, that format. Yeah. Mostly I'm thinking of, like, Robbie Knievel. Yes. Where it would just be like, we're spending some time with Robbie. And now, at the end, live, he's going to jump this oncoming train. Yes. Or David Blaine. Where it's like, here's him doing some magic stuff over here, and now we're back live and he's in an ice cube. And now we're doing more magic over here, and now we're live and he's in the ice cube. So, like, I feel like this style of uh, live show works. Yeah. But there's gotta be a thing. Yeah, and there also just needs to be better production on the filler. Yes, 110%. So uh, I think that does it for this guy. I think it does. Laura, what are we watching next week? So, to my fellow early 90s kids, you might recognize this one. This is Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, the very famous anti-drug PSA. Yeah, we're, we're going back to the past and hanging out with some cartoon characters we haven't seen in a while. Yep. Some we've seen recently, but... It should be a very interesting time. Where can people find us? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And uh, I should mention that the Stay Doomed clock is ticking. Uh, we're entering viewer request months. Yes. So as Stay Doomed winds down, if you have a suggestion, Send us that email or hit us up on Twitter because we're looking for the new stuff that will end this very podcast. Yes, uh, I know there's one show that's been requested that we're having a hard time finding a quality version of. Yes. But we are looking. We're trying. We're doing our best. We'll get to something, I promise. Yes. Where can people see us live? Uh, People can see us live. So on June 14th through 16th, we will be at Wizard World Philadelphia in Philadelphia. And June 21st through 23rd, we will be at the Too Many Games Expo in Oaks, PA. And if you want to talk to me about what song Geraldo owes us when he sings to us, I'm at TV's Noah. And if you have, like, a good version of Murder in Small Town X, 
I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>